Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. Wow, did you hear that? My goodness, 98 degrees. Wow, Rick, you sure? Oh, my gosh. I'm positive. Well, I'm, I mean, that's what the forecast says. I'm not positive it'll actually happen, but I'm, 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 it probably will. I, I turn into a, a small puddle of goo about <laughs> anything over 96 degrees. Well, you know, I, I kind of figure if it's going to be up to 98, why not go for 100, <laughs> you know? Let's just get there and get it over with. I was sure you weren't right. Now I'm positive. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Appreciate right. the news. Sure. All right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Kevin Wells with me here. We are live and lively. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. One more hour as we come around the corner. Phone lines wide open for you. 314-436-7900. Toll free, 800-925-1120. Lots of things happening. Keep in mind today and tomorrow, these are your lawn work days for sure because as we get off into next week, uh, golly, the only thing we'll be doing when, with our yards, I hope, will be watering them, for heaven's sakes, that and the plants. Uh, Kevin Welch and I were speaking off the air of doing various yard work things, and my golly, uh, whew, I'll tell you what, today is going to feel like a chilly day compared to next week. Uh, Kevin, thanks for staying in and uh, sticking around with us for the next few minutes here. Uh, we were talking off the air a little bit about Helitech, the services that you do, and uh, 30 years and such. Uh, thanks again for staying around. Uh, what were the phone lines and website? We kind of ran out of time last last hour or so. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I can tend to get a little long-winded, but uh, it's 1-800-246-9721. Uh, or Helitech Online, all basically one word, HelitechOnline.com. And to get in touch with you, just phone or email, how, how do people make appointments and such? Yeah, you call you can call the number there or or, eat, or online, and mm-hmm. you can uh, get, a, get an appointment set up. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Now, are you off and running? Uh, do you have uh, family things this afternoon? Are you still pressed into I service? I am getting ready for my mother, and I probably better be a good son-in-law and wish my mother-in-law a 70th uh, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Do we uh, sing? Uh, uh, I don't sing. Okay, they, that, that's <laughs> a favorite. We get the grandkids. We get all the grandkids together, and they sing the Happy Birthday to Grammy. Oh, sweet! So, so uh, Jill Oji oh. is her name. This is my wife's uh, mother. So. We're going to be doing a little bit of yard work today, some painting inside, getting ready for a big party tomorrow for her. Hoo-ah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How many people tomorrow coming over? Uh, it's actually a smaller party for us, only about 25, so it's just immediate family. If you'd give out the address, we could have several <laughs> thousand more. Uh, we have a lot of listeners that My could... wife's cooking up some mean ribs. Those ooh, would go too quick. Oh, i gotta, I got to save those for myself. Oh, you offer ribs in this town, there'll be thousands to attend. Yeah, yeah. it'll be a good time. Uh, Kevin, thanks for sticking around. Uh, we just, uh, let's see if we can get going here, and uh, let's go right to our phones and get them up and running here. We have some patient callers. How about Susan? Susan, welcome to KMOX. Lunchtime here. How may we help you? Uh, yes, I wanted to know your opinion on I have a double-car drive, and it was about 25 years old. Uh, expansion joints were filled with cedar. Those have deteriorated, and we were going to put roping and flex seal in there. What's your opinion on flex seal? 
liquid, the liquid Flex Seal. Uh, there are uh, products that are not retail sold that are the same chemical material. Um, I, the Flex Seal is a great product. Uh, generically, there are caulking materials that are available right. here in town, uh, frankly, that are more suited for concrete. Um, uh, the, where are you located, Susan? In Florissant. Uh, there are places around town. Uh, anyway, what you're looking for is a one-part urethane caulk, one-part urethane caulk. And uh, some of those materials are, are in um, self-leveling and semi-self-leveling. New Way Concrete Supply, N-U-W-A-Y, is a place where a lot of the caulk uh, people are done. Uh, you can get them at the home centers, but they're smaller tubes. It's hard to get the big quart tubes there. The point being that the rope and the caulking, I really endorse. That's the right way to go. Uh, whether you need to buy this stuff you know, at retail, I, I would almost advise wholesale. This stuff's expensive no matter where you buy it. Um, but that would be uh, the same. The products we tend to use, uh, there's a Sonneborn, S-O-N-N-E-B-O-R-N. Um, there are um, um, KV, Nap, Voked. There, there's a, what you're generically looking for is one part urethane caulk in semi-self-leveling. Semi-self-leveling is like um, uh, pancake syrup. Self-leveling is like water out of the tap. It'll flow, and so you have to be prepared. Uh, preparing the surface dry, um, wash it, dry it, uh, wire brush it, get the wood out. Uh, you only need this caulking to be about a half inch thick, Susan, so that's it. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. I think you're doing the right thing. I would probably use a different product, that's all. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Uh Kevin, um, do you get involved in, can you explain uh, roughly how a crack is injected? I, I've seen that happen many, many times. It is a fascinating process when, when uh, technicians come and, I mean, the cleaning of the crack, the injection. Can you just walk me through uh, quickly how, you know, how a HeLa technician, you know, injects a crack? Yeah, so the first thing that we do is we've got a, uh, a diamond grinder surface grinder that we grind over the crack um, it's hooked up to a dustless vac system so we can con contain a lot of the dust as it's coming out of the grinder yeah um, so we grind the crack down get it nice and clean that opens the crack up as well so that we can get a good a good injection um, we put a surface uh, an epoxy surface paste kind of a battleship gray color over the top, we smooth that out and attach the little ports, mm -hmm. little plastic ports, and we start at the bottom of the crack and we inject. It looks like kind of a high-powered caulk gun, mm -hmm. but we inject a polyurethane through those ports. Um, we like the polyurethanes a little better than the epoxies because the polyurethanes seek air and will keep expanding to close the crack up real well. Uh, your epoxy sometimes can set up too quickly depending on... Uh, how the technician is working and the speed and, and so forth of the epoxy. So we, we, we go with polyurethane in the injection. It's just a little more reliable then. Yeah, and then at the end of it, to just kind of set it off a little bit better than a lot of other companies out there, we'll, uh, we'll take a little uh, dial soap um, and some rubber gloves and put that dial soap on our rubber gloves and smooth out that epoxy and give it a nice clean look so it's not kind of 
all chunky and boogered up. A lot of times you'll see other companies will do it that way. So oh, just wow. a little technique. I gave away a tip, but whatever. It's kind of like uh, uh, caulking. You can't really finger clean up caulk without <laughs> making a mess unless you wet your finger. But the detergent and, and epoxy or urethane, once you touch it, it sticks. It's a mess. So yeah, that's so. why you do the soap and water. Yep, that's yep. a clever thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, add a little, just a little trick there. Oh, wow. So, so uh, you, it's effective, but you get it to look a little more ship-shaped. Then. Yeah, that way if it is in an area that, it's, that the crack is actually exposed, then you're, you're not looking at this, you know, ugly, boogered-up-looking you know, yeah. material that's on the wall. So it gives it a much smoother look. Yeah, the, the the message of care tends to communicate, to certainly on crack repair, to home inspectors when you go to sell the house, they can tell somebody, put that little extra oomph into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, well, thanks for sticking by with us here. Uh, I will release you. You can go uh, get ready for yard your... Yard work. I'm excited. <laughs> you have yard work and, uh, and birthday party tomorrow. You bet. All right. Eat some ribs for us, would All you All right, please? Scott. Thanks again. It's always a pleasure. Right on. Kevin Welch, Helitech, 800-246-9721. Scott Mosby, I'm staying behind with you. We've got phone lines, 314-436-7900, right here on University of KMOX. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, we are live and lively back together. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Let's go right to the phone, see what's cooking with Steve. Good afternoon, Steve. How may we help you? Hi, Scott. Uh, I've got basically an old farmhouse built in the 40s. Okay. And uh, we've got some water issues in the basement. Um, when we first moved in there, we saw a couple spots that were leaking. You know, of course, the basement wasn't full back then, so it was a lot easier. But uh, I took a you know a hammer drill in there and kind of wallowed it around the backside, filled it up with hydraulic cement. And as a rule, things are pretty good. But, I mean, these days we get a good heavy rain or something and uh, get a little bit of water in the basement, sometimes more than others. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if there's grain tile around there. I'm kind of thinking of approaching it that way to start out with, but kind of looking for a little bit of advice, maybe some ideas. Well, Steve, I don't have good news for you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell them. It's like I'm not optimistic. In the 1940s, the exterior drain tile was commonplace, but the drain tile were those 16-inch long clay tile 4-inch round pipes. Remember those little right. sections? So those oh, were they were stacked end to end with about an inch in between. That's how the water got in between. And then we covered it up with clean gravel down at the base right around the footings of the foundation. Well, you know, that was 75 years ago. Sure. So all the dirt that has now washed in has plugged up all of that uh, gravel and the drain tile. So that's that, and then you get into window wells. The window wells used to drain down to that same clay tile, drain tile at the base of the foundation. That's how they dewatered themselves. They, but after 75 years, it all silts in, plugs up, just like, you know, an old lake get that, you know, sure. silts in. So uh, if you're going to try and get dewatering situation you're either digging up the whole house from the outside which i don't recommend (laughs) because you're going to make more trouble than you solve by fluffing up all the soil you're going to turn it into a nice porous material where the water is just going to rush to the footings of your house and you're going to create worse leaks than you have now 
Right. So now you're back into traditional drain tile hydroway stuff like we were talking about with Kevin. Kevin stepped out for uh, the rest of the afternoon, but you're kind of back into interior drain tile, which is why most of the the technology today is around the inside of the house because you can get down to the footing line easier than, you know, eight feet digging outside. Right. Okay. Well, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to hear, but... <laughs> no, that's why I wanted to take you right to the bad news first and then explain sure. my way out. But that's, that's really what it is. Uh, the water will seek from high concentration to low. So it goes, you saturate that soil two, three times a year, spring and fall, and we get the big, heavy gully washers and the saturating long spring rains. That water just tries to come into that empty swimming pool called a basement. Right. And that's why the dewatering systems are best done right there is like, okay, well, let's put it right where the water comes in and let's invite it to gather into these uh, watering systems, drain it to a sump pit, and then pump it out artificially. Okay. So that's, you know, Steve, that's kind of the cliff notes. Uh, I, I've had do-it-yourselfers call in and dig. You wind up with uh, lateral load problems, uh, digging up the foundation from the outside. You you know, there's right. utilities out there. You can get into big trouble fast. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, I was kind of thinking about going down, instead of going the whole way down to the footer, going down two to three feet. Reason being, I'm not sure how good the footer is down there. Yeah, because uh, I, I I found out after we bought the place, uh, know the guy whose uh, father built it said when they dug the basement, what they did is basically they dug a hole and formed up the inside. So, oh yeah, um, okay. I'm not I'm not so sure we've got a good footing there to start with. Yeah, so, well, I would think you know in in the '40s they probably did. I mean, back in the '40s they they knew how to build things and footings. We were kind of past the stone. If they're pouring concrete, they understood footing. So I I would. I would bet you've got a 70% probability that there's a good footing underneath. You'd know it by now. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think you're probably in good stead with that. Um, but, you know, you're either do or do not. There is no try, you know. Right. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the help. Okay. Steve, good luck, my friend. Thanks, sir. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Cam Wex. We've got Barb here. Well, let's see what's cooking with Barb. Hey, Barbara, thank you for joining us here at downtown St. Louis. How's world and how can we help you in your world? Thank you, Scott. Um, we are removing a, uh, um, a plank flooring that is not waterproof, kind of like a Perigo. Okay. But uh, we would like a product that is waterproof that we can use a damp mop on. And uh, I was wondering if you can tell me about the vinyl plank flooring so they're waterproof and how to install it. And I'd like to hang up so I can hear your response. Well, hang on there a little bit, Barb. Uh, um, vinyl plank flooring is still a material that's glued to the floor. So the vinyl will take the water, but the glue will not. Oh, it has, has to be glued. Yeah, most yeah, most of the vinyls that I'm aware of. Uh, the the one floor uh, you can hang up if you want, and I'll I'll speak with you there if if you're okay. listening better. Thanks. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call, Barbara. And uh, for example, you've got um, waterproof flooring. Basically means what material if you sit it in a bucket of water for a year will not be damaged. 
Uh, vinyl can handle that. A ceramic tile can handle that. Uh, Pergo, which is which is um, composite MDF or particle board, it cannot. Um, it doesn't do well submerged. And uh, so wet areas are suitable, in my mind, pretty much only uh, ceramic tile. And that is only if your ceramic tile is installed with what's called thin set, which is a cement based bedding compound or glue because if you take your vinyl flooring compound although vinyl is suitable for water resistance and it's you know it's waterproof material it's there's you know vinyl's really a, a phenomenal material uh, the high quality vinyls but then they most commonly are installed with a latex water-based adhesive which you see going down uh, in yellow color or white color it'll yellow out when it gets tacky then the floor composite the vinyl is stuck to it so the vinyl will survive but it will come unglued so think about the old basement um, nine by nine tiles that were down in the 40s 50s and 60s the tiles from a building material standpoint were bomb proof they would last forever the adhesive did not. The adhesive with moisture would then pop the tile. Then you have loose tiles. Tiles start chipping. You know, you get into all the adhesives. Um, and I'm disregarding the entire, uh, you know, issues of uh, fiber issues from asbestos in those uh, bedding compounds from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. But when you really get down to it, if you want a waterproof material, it is ceramic tile. And then when you get to be my age in my 60s, uh, you know, you're talking about a concrete floor. And my ankles, knees, hips, joints, you know, if I'm going to cook on that material for a long time, then I better have a work mat on that. So beware um, what you ask for because what is suitable for moisture resistance um, is a pretty stout material and it's pretty much only ceramic tile in my world. Uh, everything else is affected by moisture, is either made by moisture, is deteriorated by moisture. But the only thing that really takes down uh, ceramic tile is heavy, heavy texture use. You know, like um, in a shopping center where it just gets uh, heavy commercial traffic all the time. You'll wear the surface off the top. And, um, uh, and, and water, you know, Mother Nature's tool for grind grinding us all back into dust is freeze-thaw and water. Uh, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Um, and, and I love talking about these things. I, I welcome you to CAMWEX. Thank you for joining me here today. Um, I enjoy my time on CAMWEX. Uh, stay tuned. 1 o'clock brings Rick Edelman's show here on CAMWEX. And then the business of family business with Ryan Recker right here on CAMWEX. 4 o'clock, Inside Cardinal Nation with Dan McLaughlin. And then 5 o'clock, the Ameren pregame show, Alex Ferrario. Cards here on CAMOX, 6 p.m., Pittsburgh Pirates versus the Cardinals. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, CAMOX, at your service. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Oh, more fun than you should be allowed to have with 50,000 watts. Bosco's doing great here. He is just cranking out 50,005 watts right at the moment. Let's see what's cooking uh, with Bob here. Hey, Bob, welcome to Camwex. How may I help, sir? Uh, yeah, we went to put a bar up uh, for the tub inside. The, on one side is a glass enclosure. On, on, the, on the wall side, we went to put a bar up, 
and we can't find any studs in that wall uh, from the soap dish back towards the back of the tub. And we drill a hole in there and, and try to reach around uh, with the wiring or anything, and there's no studs to be found back there. Is that possible that they would put up a, a wall board and then put tile over the top of it without studs? Oh, everything's possible. Um, <laughs> you bet. Um, are, when you, is this the uh, is the soap dish on the exterior wall of the house, or this on the uh, shower valve uh, place? No, it's it's on it's on the wall. It's on the same wall as we're as we're uh, we're going for. Uh, where are you located? Where's your house, Bob? Uh, we're in, I'm in uh, uh, right outside of uh, uh, De Pere. It's a Baldwin address, but we're. Uh, these houses were built in the 70s. They're condos, and they were built in the 70s, and I was wondering if they, if they build them like that. Then. No, there's a stud in there. Most commonly in the 70s, it would have been 16-inch centers. It's possible that previously there might have been, uh, and I'll warn you, uh, studs will be omitted when plumbing pipes are present. So one of the reasons that we will omit studs um, in small areas is because we're putting a lot of plumbing pipes in there and we don't want any drywallers or framers or anybody driving nails into that area. So uh, there are logical reasons to omit uh, targets for nails. Uh, oh, I see. You but see what? Yeah. Otherwise, there's no other way of putting that bar in there, probably, unless we find studs for it. Yeah, you've got to find some studs. Uh, typically, um, is it drywall in the set? Yeah, you're probably drywall in the 70s. Yeah, it's drywall, probably. Well, you should have a magnetic or a stud finder. You should be able to knock on the wall to hear that sound. Yeah. Uh, there's studs in there somewhere, Bob. You bet. It's... Um you now you'll, you'll they'll cut out the studs for the uh, soap dispenser. Yeah. So, so you might have uh, maybe that goes right in the middle of a stud, but yeah, no, they're they're in there somewhere, and they shouldn't be any further than sixteen inches away. Okay. Well, we'll we'll try to find them. Thank you. Yeah. Be, uh, if, if if otherwise, well, then there's not a possibility. If we can't find the studs, there's not a possibility of putting that bar up there, sir. There are some $30 grab bar uh, hardware hangers that actually go through the wall, um, and they are suitable. So there are some, uh, I, although I like hitting the studs a whole lot better than that, at least on one end, um, but there are some special grab bar hangers uh, in the big box stores that will uh, mount those grab bars. They're very pricey. They're effective. Yeah, but they call it a grab bar hanger. Uh, yeah, I, for, I forget the name of it, but it's a uh, grab it or something like that. But uh, you, you'll see them in the hardware section and also near the grab bar section. I'm worried about the price because uh, I, I want to get the house in shape. I'm 89 years old, so I want to get this house in shape, you know, in case something happens to me so my kids can sell it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm with you, too. Do it now while you can. By golly, you might be the one that needs it yourself. Okay, thank you. All right, Bob, take care. You too. I know. Home Improvement, Camo X, I like this show. I, 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 you know, years ago, I wore the tools. Um, I went to college, learned to use money as a tool, uh, learned to run the business for my father, and then really build, you know, uh, performance teams, which is really managing people and, uh, you know, finding winners, you know, people that love to do really good job. Um, and yet, as I got away from the tools, people didn't know I understood this stuff. 
So I had coworkers that really didn't think I knew how to do this stuff for 10 years. Radio show came along, you know, I wound up on the air. Lo and behold, a lot of my coworkers recognized that, wow, I guess Scott knows this stuff. I thought he just ran around in clean clothes and helped people figure things out. Uh, so anyway, this radio show has been very interesting in changing um, the perception of even the people I work with now. You know, the, the, I've been on the radio for 20 years. They, a lot of people joined the company because they wanted to be part of a team that knew how to do stuff, knew how to do it the right way, and valued uh, people who wanted to do it the right way. And that's that's one of our big differentiators. Is you know, if you want to do a good job, Mosby's the place for you to work. You know, if you want people who care about their work, Mosby is the company for you. So that it's kind of a really simple business um, concept is, you know, do it right the first time. Uh, go home feeling good about your job. If, if you go home and you did a good job, you, you worked hard and you did it right, um, you know, the customers are very happy. Uh, you sleep well at night uh, and we uh, sleep with a clear conscience. So anyway, but that radio show uh, this time has really helped communicate not only to the public, we know what we're doing, but to my very coworkers that, you know, hey, you know, that guy knows how to do this stuff. Anyway, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We've got some interesting questions coming up here on GAMWEX for you. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on GAMOX. Oh, yes, indeed. Back together. Home improvements. Scott Mosby at your service. Uh, uh, hey, there is a blog posting. You are available, or at least our blogs are available, uh, at uh, callmosby.com or scottmosby.com. Uh, we are having podcasts. You can get uh, podcasts of me, various things. Also, the various broadcasts here, links to CamWex for this show uh, right here on uh, scottmosby.com if you would like. Uh, uh, this week's pod, or actually blog, is Reaching the Heights with Drones and Lifts. There's so much to be done in terms of technology, how we use specialty tools to review and inspect homes in order to assess what needs to be done. Uh, we're very deep into drones. Uh, we also use man lifts to get up and inspect things and do the work. Very interesting. I think you might enjoy it. ScottMosby.com, uh, podcasts, or Mosby broadcast. Let's see what's cooking here and talk with Ken. Hey, Ken, good afternoon. Welcome to Cam Wex. How can I help, sir? Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. I, uh, in my basement, I have a, a white powder substance that comes off of the floor. Uh, it's been there for the last couple of years, whether about 14 years. It comes up in different areas of the, of the basement. And it's like a, a, a buildup of calcium or, or something like that. It's not a mold, a mold type situation. Yes. Uh, I just don't know what the heck it is or how to, how to treat it. Oh, I know exactly what it is. Uh, it is um, alkali. It is lime and uh, materials coming through from your concrete. The carrier is water. You have water migrating through that concrete floor. As it moves through that concrete floor, it's picking up the salts and the lime from that concrete, the alkali, and you're seeing okay. that powdery dust. 
So right. uh, you just have wet soil underneath that concrete, and it's trying to dry up in your basement, um, and it will continue. Uh, there really is um, no way to keep that from happening unless you stop the water from migrating up from the floor. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. I sure appreciate it. Uh, it's not a big deal, Ken. There's nothing wrong. I would just, you can clean it up with vinegar. Right. You yeah, know, that's what we've been using is vinegar and water and, yeah. and uh, a little bleach here and there. It seems it's cleared up for a while, but like you say, after a rain or quite a while after a rain, a couple of weeks maybe, yeah. it will start, start coming back again. Yeah, I, I would just, it's just a maintenance issue. I, I There's nothing wrong. It just, you know, your house is old enough to not have plastic underneath the floor. Right, you right. You know, I'm it sure is it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I appreciate it, Scott. Okay, Ken. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. And next, let's see what's cooking here with John. John, Scott Mosby, CamoX, how can I help you, my friend? Yes, sir, Mr. Scott. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, two-parter for you. One, uh, we have a little bit of low water pressure outside. Uh, noticed it when we were washing our cars compared to what we used to have in a different state. Uh, we just moved back to the area recently. And I was wondering, is there anything I can do on my end? We're using the same hose. It's only one one length. Um, you know, one length. Uh, water pressure should be water pressure, though, right? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it depends. It depends what part of town you're in. It depends also, you know, um, how many people are adding. If you're in a growing part of town, you've got the big water mains, but now you have 20 new neighborhoods, and so you're now you're dropping the water flow, the volume, as well as the pressure. So if you're in a growing area, water pressure will drop. If you're in an old part of town, then the water company will lower the water pressure so they don't blow out their wearing out pipes. Good to know, sir. Thank you. Uh, second question, if you don't mind, is uh, the sump pump. We have one that runs pretty regularly throughout the day. Talking to neighbors, it's hit or miss if there's run or if there's don't. Uh, is there anything, I think the neighborhood was built about 10 years ago on what used to be a lake. Uh, maybe there's a spring. Is there anything I can do? Any benefit to adding a second one? Um, I put in some drain tile recently just to make sure that we're running stuff away from the house. But uh, what else can I do on my end, and is it of concern? Oh, man, John, I, I like your thinking. Um, if if where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I do personally like a secondary sump pump. I like a 120-volt standard sump pump that uh, is in the bottom of the sump pit, does the work every day. And I like a battery backup pump that's mounted about four or five inches above that so that if the water really comes up high or it comes up fast, or the water or the electric goes out, then I've got a battery backup. But I also am exercising that pump a little bit every day, you know, on that. So I, if you've got a finished basement and a sump pump is is important, uh, I like redundant safety systems, especially if I'm putting 30 to 130 to 230 into a basement. I mean, I'm protecting, you're just buying insurance. So yeah, I do like secondary redundant sump pumps. Okay, very good. We have a sump pump. We have a battery backup for it. Is there any benefit to drilling another hole and doing a whole another one, or is that just excessive at this point? No, that's excessive. I would put a secondary pump in your one pit. You know that uh, after that you're getting you're just putting a lot of money in, and as the money goes up, the benefit goes down. So I would put a secondary pump in that single pit if you can fit it. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Take care. Okay, John. Take care. Bye now. Now, one other thing I, I wanted to get into that, uh, you know, John, there is a pressure booster. Um, uh, we put in pressure boosters occasionally for clients where we actually have a pressure booster pump so that when the water comes on, it was just a notorious neighborhood. It was the fast growing area. Uh, and, and when the water pressure dropped, you know, just like an inline pump 
popped on and it actually, you know, raised the water pressure inside the house, I think at the time from 45 up to about 65 just to get a better shower experience. So there are ways uh, where we actually put in pressure boosting pumps. Um, many times the water company is improving the pressure and also some of the dynamics uh, there, when we get to the lower flow shower valves that are out today, there's less call for that because you're getting a better shower experience with less water anyway. So that was one of the ways uh, I expected we'd put in a lot of those boosting pumps, but the technology changed in the shower valves so that the the showering experience was much better with lower pressure and less volume. So that was kind of a self-correcting situation. But in extreme situations, you can boost the pressure. Uh, let's see what's happening with Tom. Hey, Tom, Scott Mosby here. Welcome to KMOX. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, question, I'm looking uh, to build a deck and the county's website shows I'm looking at using a doubled up two by lumber for the beam and the county's website shows a half inch pressure treated spacer between those and what's the, what's the point of the spacer and is that like a solid piece of wood or is it like gap makes gaps so water falls through do you know that um is where is that location that's showing that tom is that next to the house uh, no, it's, it's the main beam. It's the main beam running. Across. Oh, I know what they're doing. They're actually space. Well, boy, that's a little interesting. Um, the the spacers um, allow them to dry out. Okay. However, they also um, aren't quite as strong. So if you have a space between those beams, you don't laminate them one to one. Basically, two two by twelves is is about the strength. If they're if they're glued and through bolted properly, they're much stronger than two single two by twelve side by side. Because when they act together, then they become a three by twelve inch and a half twice by you know eleven a quarter inch tall. Um, so, but the purpose I think is to dry out that lumber. Um, so the spacer wouldn't be the same size as the dimension lumber. It's going to be, you know, just gaps so that the air and the water fall flow through. Right. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for your information. And, and I appreciate I'm, it. I'm speculating, Tom. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I would uh, call the I'm, county and ask, but I, I'm, I'm suspecting that's the purpose. I'll call the county. That's good information too. Thank you. All right, Tom. Thank you. Bye now. And last up, let's see what's happening with Sally. Sally, you've got about a minute and a half. How can I help, my friend? Well, I've got a really, really quick question. I have a concrete patio that I poured. It's an exposed aggregate. poured it about six and a half years ago, and I'm noticing uh, in two areas some hairline cracks. So I did some research, and I did find um, some clear caulk that is for this purpose. However, on YouTube, I saw that they ground out the crack and made it actually bigger to um, accommodate the uh, the cock. Do I have to do that? Should I wait till the crack gets bigger before I do that? I, I don't like the idea of grinding it out. Yes. Sally, uh, don't grind it out on exposed aggregate. It's the rock that's the beauty. Um, you can effectively fix this crack with caulk and it'll be so ugly that you'll it the fix is worse than the problem uh, well the the caulk is clear you can't uh, I mean, no caulk will know? be as pretty as your rock period uh Okay. Yeah, right. I would do a, a a sealer that goes into those thin cracks and leave it at that. Okay, thanks, Sally. Sorry I'm running out of time. Scott Mosby, Camwex. See you next week, folks.